I just love hearing my friend Dave Fackler's voice on that. Does everyone know who Dave is? He does lots of things, conducts orchestras, runs production. He's a wonderful guy. I love hearing his voice. Anyway, my name is Amy Christie, and my mission is to spark joy in the world through the arts. Have any of you seen Tidying Up, the show that this series is based on? Anyone? Online, I can't see you, but anyone in the room? Okay, I thought it was pretty popular, but apparently it's not popular at all because no one's seen it. Anyway, um, Marie Kondo starts every show by saying, hello, my name's Marie Kondo, and I, my mission is to spark joy in the world by cleaning. Um, well, I knew that if I started like that, anyone that knows me in this space or online would know that that couldn't be further from the truth. I have no desire to spark joy by cleaning. But through the arts, sure, yeah, I like to spark joy that way. Anyway, so this show that, that we kind of titled our series after, it's, it was pretty popular um, about probably a year, year and a half ago on Netflix, and I'm sure there are people that are binge watching it um, on Netflix. If you're online, don't start binge watching it until after the service. Um, but I kind of hesitated to watch it, and there were two reasons. One is because when something's really popular and everybody's talking about it, a little like part of rebellious me is like, I'm not gonna watch it because everyone's saying it's so cool and that kind of bugs me, so I'm not gonna just jump on the bandwagon and be part of it. But more the reason was is that I really thought it would make me feel bad. And I'm a seven and I don't like to feel bad. So I just thought, I, I'm not, so I watched a couple of episodes and I was right because here is a before picture on the Marie Kondo tidying up show. That's what I'm saying. Who just said whatever? I mean, I would be excited. I'd be like, my house looks awesome if it was like that. What do they have to clean? So I prefer the show Hoarders. <laughs> Has anyone seen Hoarders? Oh my gosh, everybody see? Everyone's watching Hoarders. I like quarters because the before picture looks like this. You see what I'm saying? When I watch Marie Kondo and tidying up, I'm like, I feel a little guilty and ashamed. When I watch hoarders, I'm like, well, I'm not that bad. But I've noticed four things, four things that both shows have in common. Number one, there's more to the mess. There is way more to their mess than just what you're seeing in their homes just what's happening on the outside. Particularly on the show Hoarders, you will find by the end of the show that there is deep pain and brokenness in their lives that is causing the hoarding. Number two, the disarray, the mess, the clutter in their lives affects everyone around them. Every single relationship that they have, most of the time they won't let people into their house but more than that, they won't let people into their lives. And number three, when the mess is cleaned up, their lives are so much better. And I'm not just saying the mess in the house, I'm talking about the mess in their hearts. And relationships are restored and reconciled. And number four, and one of the most important things that I've noticed in both shows, is it takes a team to help them clean up the mess. It takes a village to clean the mess. It takes a troop to clear out the clutter. It takes a squad to tidy up. And this is true of us, isn't it? 
It takes people in our lives, people we trust, people who, who know us and love us and see us and have our backs, people that, that pick us up and pull us through and push us forward. It takes a gang of people in our lives to straighten out our souls, to clean the hoard out of our hearts, to tidy up. Whether you're sparking joy or dumping your anger or clearing out the stress, we cannot do it alone and we weren't meant to do it alone. And in our culture, that's not necessarily the message that we're hearing all the time. That's not the predominant message out there. The, the message seems to be, no, make it happen. You can do this. Don't be a burden. Don't be needy. Soldier through. But whether your life feels like this or like this, you can't clean it up by yourself. And you shouldn't. God did not design us that way. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today in our Tidying Up series the only way to truly tidy up our souls, our hearts, and our lives is to do it in community. We've talked about sparking joy with justice and dumping anger in the trash, and next week we're going to look at uh, how to clear out stress with generosity. But I feel like this week's message could have been the application for every other week. Because in order to do any of the things I just mentioned, we have to do it together with each other. The title of today's message is Many Hands Make Light Work. And this is a quote attributed to the English poet, playwright, uh, author, John Haywood. And I'm sure in the 1500s, John Haywood would never have expected that, that we were going to, a church in 2021 was going to use one of his quotes to talk about cleaning up our hearts, but it fits perfectly Trying to navigate this life on our own would be heavy and taxing and overwhelming, but working through it together, many hands will make light work. Lighten the burden, lighten the load, take some of the heaviness. And the Bible is full of verses and passages on this very thing, the necessity for community, the body of Christ with all of its spiritual giftedness working together with each other. And the passage that we're going to camp in today is 1 Corinthians 12. So you can go ahead and, and turn there if you have your Bibles. It's on the Grace app as well as if you want to look there. And as you're turning there, welcome to those of you that are joining us online. We're so glad that you're with us today. Um, and also I want to give you a little history of, of this passage. Um, this letter, 1 Corinthians, was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. And this was a group of people that Paul knew very well. He spent a lot of time setting up the church in Corinth. And then as he moved on to other cities, he started hearing rumblings that things were not going well with that church. They had some problems. And so 1 Corinthians is a letter back to the church in Corinth to address some of the problems that they were having. And Paul divides the letter into five parts for the five problematic areas that are plaguing the church. And for each area, he does two things. He identifies what the problem is, and then he talks to them and responds to them about how to solve the problem through the lens of the gospel. The entire letter is designed to remind the church in Corinth of what it means to live your life around the gospel of Jesus. 
Jesus opened a whole new reality, and they needed, and we need, to see every part of our lives through the lens of that gospel. And where we are, chapter 12, is focused on the gathering of believers. It's gotten off track. The weekly worship gatherings have gotten chaotic with members kind of wanting to one-up each other, kind of lording their spiritual gift over each other, comparing them and acting like theirs was more important than others. And this was distracting from the people around them, the people wanting to worship around them, particularly the visitors. It was getting in the way of the gospel message. It was becoming a barrier. And this greatly grieved Paul. And he wants to remind the church of their role in this. It is through love to use their God-given gifts to serve and seek the well-being of each other. So let's focus on the let's look at the passage we're focusing on today. 1 Corinthians 12 starting in verse 4. Read along with me as I read this out loud. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Right away, Paul is clear about what a spiritual gift is. They are gifts that are given to us by the same Holy Spirit to serve the same God. These gifts, services, ministries, they might be different or diverse, but as we see in the very first verses, the same Spirit is the source of the gifts. The gifts serve the same Lord. And the same God is the one that works through all the gifts in us. Paul says spirit seven times in this passage. He says same spirit several times. All spiritual gifts are equal because they come from the same spirit. Debbie's gift is just as important as Craig's gift because they all come from the same spirit. And again, Paul reminds us the last verse of this passage, verse 11, he says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So all spiritual gifts come from the spirits. Therefore, they will honor and glorify God and serve one another. Paul then goes on to list some of these spiritual gifts in the next verses, 8 through 10. So we're going to go through these and talk about them just a little bit. First, he talks about wise advice. This is an intimate understanding of God's word. 
and using that to speak into an individual life or a specific situation with great understanding and perspective, helping guide others to a life of righteousness, holiness, and worship. Special, special knowledge is closely related to wisdom. It's knowledge of the gospel and scripture and an understanding of how that fits into the world and into our lives. Great faith is the ability to trust God against all circumstances. It's trust and confidence in God that allows those with great faith to live boldly for him. Think of Peter walking on the water in Matthew 14. Healing. Those with this gift are, are compassionate toward the sick and pray over them regularly. They have great faith and trust that God can and will heal some and are not deter, deterred when he chooses not to. They are motivated knowing that God's power is revealed through healing and it will draw people to faith in Jesus. Their ultimate concern is the spiritual well-being of those being healed and their relationship with Jesus. Those that perform miracles, these, these with this spiritual gift of miracles often have a heightened sensitivity to the presence and power of God through the Holy Spirit, always listening for promptings. And this is accompanied by deep, rich prayer. They have a special measure of faith and desire for God to reveal himself and draw many to faith in his son, Jesus. And they don't want attention. They are constantly reminding and acknowledging that the power comes from the Spirit. If you talk to members of our prayer team, they have seen miracles and seen healing, healing happen because it is deeply steeped in prayer. Both of these are deeply steeped in talking to and hearing from the Holy Spirit. Prophecy, the ability to receive a divinely inspired message and deliver it to other, others. These messages can take the form of exhortation, correction, prediction of future events, comfort, inspiration, and they speak these messages into other people's lives. Discernment, being able to distinguish, discern, or judge a person or situation. They can see whether something or someone is being influenced by God or if it's something that just isn't right, maybe off, maybe even evil. We need these with people with these gifts to warn us when we're in times of danger or to lead us back if we are following false teaching. It's a friend that senses something about you or a situation in your life and, and discerns that and calls that out for you. Speaking unknown languages. Now I'm gonna tell you this is one that I am least familiar with. It is not something that I possess. It's not something that I actually, I don't know that I know of anyone that has this, but it is a spiritual gift. And to truly understand it, you would have to go back to the beginning, the biblical history of how languages began. And you can go back, I don't have time to go into all of that in Genesis and look at that, but this has to be accompanied by someone with the gift of interpretation that can interpret what is being said. I know that this is still used today, and I know a lot of people also use this in their own private prayer life. Uh, but again, I don't know a whole lot about unknown languages or speaking in tongues, but I know it is a spiritual gift and it still exists and must be accompanied by interpretation. And this means interpretation simply means to inter interpret, explain, or expound on a message that is not able to be understood. And it, is, it works in conjunction with someone that is uh, speaking in unknown languages. But I think this interpretation gift 
takes on a new meaning in the world that we live in today. And this is just me. This is not anything I read in a commentary. So this is Amy, like, thinking I might know this. I might not. You might disagree with me. But I think that we speak in unknown languages a lot to each other right now. Because there is so much anger getting in the way. And if you have anger, please listen to Tim's message from last weekend about dumping your anger. I think there is so often right now that we are unable to understand each other. Even when we're speaking the same language. That we need people in our life that are able to sit with people that don't understand each other or are incapable of hearing each other and help them interpret what, what each other is saying. And bring them to a common understanding. I have friends in my life that do that for me that sometimes will say, wait, Amy, I think what you're saying and what he or she is hearing is, is different. Let me help you. Again, this is my own musings, but I think the gift of interpretation has taken on maybe a different iteration um, or an extra iteration uh, in the world that we live in today. So these are the gifts that Paul calls out in this passage. And this is by no means an exhausted, exhaustive list of the spiritual gifts. There are many more. Um, but he's highlighting these in these verses. These are the gifts that the church in Corinth is struggling with. These are the gifts that they're, they're seeming to one-up each other with. Well, I have the gift of healing. You only have the gift of wisdom. Or, or I, I can speak unknown languages and, and you're, you only have discernment. But there are many other spiritual gifts Mercy, shepherding, teaching, giving, among others. And all of them are to be used to glorify God and to serve each other. The key verse to me in this whole passage is verse 7. Look at it with me. A spiritual gift is given to each, each of us so we can help each other. The Spirit does not give us spiritual gifts so we can stick them on a shelf and leave them there. He gives us spiritual gifts so that we can use them in the lives of each other to help each other. In Romans 12, 6 through 8, Paul says this, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is to give, giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Use your gifts. Use your gifts to help each other. Use your gifts, but there's a caution. If you do not use your gifts in conjunction with something else, your gifts could be dangerous. They could do damage. They could hurt people. Your gifts have to be used in love. They cannot be used outside of love. Paul is clear about that. At the end of chapter 12, the last line is, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. In chapter 12, he's talked about the gifts. He even talks later in that chapter about the body, how the body works together, the mouth and the hand and the foot. And then at the end, he says, but here's the most excellent way to function in all of that. And then the beginning of chapter 13, the first verse is this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, 
I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. He can't be clearer. You cannot use your spiritual gifts out of love. They have to be used in conjunction with your love for God and your love for that person. If they are used outside of that, they are useless. They are just noise like a clanging, annoying cymbal in the ear of the person that you're talking to. They are nothing. You cannot help someone clear out the crud in their heart if your motivation is not steeped in love for them. The most excellent way is through love. So use your gifts to help, each, help others and allow others to use their gifts to help you. It is a reciprocal process. You take your gifts, if you're not using them, you get them off that shelf and you start using them to speak into the lives of those around you and allow others to do the same for you. Whether your soul feels like this or like this, you can't clear out any of it without the community using their gifts and their wis of, of wisdom and mercy and prophecy and healing and so on to speak into your life. You need your friends using their unique spirit-giving gifts to love you, to pick you up, to move you forward, to challenge you and help you, to help you see more clearly and to move you toward righteousness, holiness, and worship. And different people are going to bring different gifts into your life and you need all of them. I need all of them. My friend Christy always talks about going to the wrong people for the wrong things. You can't go to somebody wanting discernment when their gift is mercy. She compares it to you can't go to, Tar or to Kroger when you need to pick up something at Lowe's. Kroger virtually cannot give you the same things that Lowe's can, so don't go to Kroger looking for what you need at Lowe's. Don't go to somebody with the gift of prophecy looking for healing. They're not going to be able to give it to you. You need it all. We need Kroger and, and Lowe's and Target. Well, Target could probably give you everything, so Target's not a good example. We need all of it in our lives, and we need all of the people in our lives with their God-given giftedness to speak into our lives. I think the phrase we used earlier, many hands make light work, should really be this. Many gifts make light work. We need each other. Do you have these gifts represented in your life? Maybe you have some, but not all. And if not, why? And where can you find them? Look around. Maybe God is placing people in your life with gifts that you need represented that can fill those gaps. New people, maybe with new gifts and fresh perspective. I had someone ask me to meet with him uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was really struggling through some, some hard life stuff. 
and, and he, had a, he has friends. He has people speaking into his life, but it was clear that some of the gifts that I bring to the table maybe weren't represented in his life. And as we sat and I was able to share with him some of my thoughts on the situation that were going, was going on, it was like a light bulb went on. In his head and in his heart, I could see it on his face. And it was because he was bold enough to reach out and say, will you meet with me? That maybe he gained some fresh perspective on an issue that he was going through. Join a group. We'll be starting Rooted, kicking off again this fall, but, but there is uh, women's meetups in the meantime, or men's meetups. They're starting a new session this Monday night. They're starting a six-week session, the men's group. We're, we're doing a fit, fitness class coming up for ages 10 and up. Come, maybe you will be sweating next to someone that has the gift of prophecy that you need in your life and you meet them working out. Wouldn't that be amazing? Or serve. There are all sorts of serving. I've met some of the best people in my life through serving with them. And they have spoken deeply into my soul. And I got a lot of crud in my heart. I'm going to be honest. I'm still like the before picture of hoarders, I'm sure. But man, they're helping me dig through it. And I started serving with them. We need, serve, we need you to serve volunteer everywhere. Come to do, serve at Grace Kids Camp. Serve in the care center. Come to the work day. Come on, let's paint together and speak spiritual gifts into each other's lives. Ask. Maybe there's someone like my, my friend that asked me a couple of weeks ago. Ask someone, be bold, and pray about it. God will show you the people that you need. So I want you to humor me for a minute, and I want you to just close your eyes. And I actually want you to think. I'm going to name some of the spiritual gifts and I want you to think, do I have this person in my life? And if you can think of something, someone, be grateful in that moment. And if you can't, maybe say a little prayer that God will reveal who out there needs to be that person with that gift in your life. So just close your eyes for a minute at home. I can't tell if you're doing it, but I'm going to trust you are. Do you have someone with wise advice in your life? Do you have someone speaking that wisdom into your life? Do you have someone with the gift of healing in your life? How about mercy? Do you have someone with the gift of mercy? I'm going to tell you, when, when bad stuff goes down, you're going to want that person with the gift of mercy. <laughs> you're going to need them. Do you have someone in your life with the gift of mercy? How about faith? Someone that you can watch boldly live out their faith for God and learn from them, help them move you along in their, your journey. Discernment, oh my word, what a key one to have in your life. People that have spoken discerning words into my life have changed my life forever. Prophecy, do you have someone seeing in you things that you could never see in yourself and calling that out in you. Do you have those gifts represented in your life among the many others? Helping you clean out the clutter of your soul, helping you dump the debris from your heart to get rid of the garbage from your life. 
Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says this, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I don't want to be in real trouble. I need you and you need me to reach out and pull us up and move us forward and get our hearts right. Set it, let's set each other up for success. So yesterday I took a walk and I was listening to my playlist and a song from the musical Sunday in the Park with George came on. And it's a musical about the artist George Surratt. And if you've seen his artwork, it's beautiful and precise and clean. There's a picture. There's one of his art pieces, one of his most famous. And when you, when you look at his artwork, you see the things they talk about in the show. Order, balance, precision, light, harmony. And yet, if you know anything about his life, he didn't have that in his heart, in his life, in his world, because he was very isolated. He shut people out. So what he was able to deliver as an artist was not something that he had in his own life. Order, balance, precision, light, harmony. I'd love for my heart to look like that Surat painting and not like the before pictures of tidying up or hoarders. I need you to help me have order, precision, light, balance, and harmony in my heart so I can then live out my beautiful God-given destiny and calling into a broken world. Many gifts make light work. Let's tidy up. Let's clean out our souls and declutter our hearts. Let's rise up together in love. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray. I pray for all, everyone in the room, everyone that's watching online. I pray for myself, Lord, if, if there's something missing, if there is a gift missing in my life, Lord, please bring that person to me. Show me who that is supposed to be to speak that gift into my life. So that, that I, so that we, Lord, each one of us can be all that you have called us to be. We can't do that with a cluttered heart, with a hoarded, hoarded soul, Lord. And we need the gifts of each other to clear that out. Lord, that is what we desire because our desire, if we are followers of you, if we have surrendered our lives to you, our desire is to live a life patterned after you and to live a life that moves into this world to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And we cannot do that with all that stuff taking up our heart. Give us the people that we need to do the work that we need to do. 
Thank you for meeting us here today. It's in your amazing, glorious name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for watching, but don't stop there. We want you to find community at Grace Church, and the first step in doing that is going to gracechurch.us slash hub. There you'll find other sermons, details about upcoming events, and other important announcements. And make sure you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out when we post something new. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next time.